What do I need to do to hold the audience's attention for one, two, three hours? Let's talk about it. my people welcome to the rk3 show i'm robert kennedy the third rk3 that's me we're moving we're moving we're moving listen did you listen to the previous episode yet if not head back over to episode 31 and listen after you're done grab number 30 then take a bite out of 29 28 and 27 you'll be glad you did what you're reading robert Hey, hey, I'm reading, I'm reading, I'm reading. But today, I don't want to tell you about what I'm reading. I want to tell you about what I want you to be reading. I'm just releasing a book called Find Your Voice, 28 Secrets to Speaking Up. And I want to. I want you to grab a VIP copy. Yes, that's right. I said a VIP copy. Do me a favor. Go to www.speakrightnow.com forward slash find your voice. That's speak right as in writing now.com. Speakrightnow.com forward slash find your voice or robertkennedy3.com forward slash find your voice. And I'll send you a personally autographed copy of the book. VIP copies are limited, so make sure that you grab yours now. The links for this are also in the show notes. That's the book is called. Find your voice, 28 secrets to speaking up. Get your VIP copy now. All right, let's do this thing. My guest for today is Kendall Ficklin. Coach Kendall is an award-winning speaker, author, and trainer. His entrepreneurial journey launched after leaving a 10-year career with AT&T in the late 90s. And from there, he opened up his first barbershop in Atlanta, Georgia. It was during these years that Kendall's gift for coaching became very clear. Clients would enter for a a haircut and leave with vigor, newfound energy to take massive action in their lives. And Kendall's advice ran the gamut from business to personal, analytical to emotional. And when he left corporate, Kendall already knew he had the knowledge and endurance to run a service-oriented company, but he discovered his ability to transform And draw out the best in people. Kendall has a story. Let's tell it. Great grind day, great grind day. (laughs) I always say that. I don't know why. I've just been saying that for a minute. I love to say it. It just gets everybody excited. Yeah. So, I mean, mean, how long have you been saying that? What what brought that out? I promise you, I just made it up one day. I was, uh, I think I was in Shreveport. Louisiana and uh, was standing with one of my guys that was with me and we did a video right before I went into the school to speak and I just said great grind day he was like what does that mean I said I don't know but we're just gonna keep on saying it (laughs) (laughs) so you're probably like me in that you have you've got this thing inside of you you know that your reason for being in this world is not to work for anybody else (laughs) so you started several businesses so tell me a little bit about that people look at you and me and they say why not just get a job oh did you just curse at me 
Man, so I, I mean, I'll be honest, like, so I graduated high school in 1986, right? Mm-hmm. And um, when I graduated, I didn't know what I was going to do. Like, I never worked a job leading up to it. I was doing some illegal stuff, uh, but I never worked a job. I was selling loose joints. Um, right. And then, you know, my mom was on my head. And then in 1988, I had, um, my, my sister reached out to me and she said, AT&T is having a career fair. And I had taken typing in my 10th grade year. My mom made me take it. And I went there, you know, because they wanted me to get a job. They were pushing me. I was kind of hoping that it was just one of those places where you just go and fill something out and walk away. But um, I took a typing test while I was there. And lo and behold, I passed it. And they offered me a job. I think I was making $175 a week uh, working in the message center, working in the message center. Um, And so I did that. I worked at AT AT&T for 10 years, Um, worked my way up to a manager in AT&T. And but the whole time I was in AT&T, I was doing something entrepreneurial. I was selling clothes, books in my cubicle. Wow. (laughs) I was so bad. I would hang clothes up in the cubicle, sweatsuits, books. I mean, it was ridiculous. I was really I was out of order. Let me say it like that. And um, the whole time I was always looking for something like entrepreneurism. I think I might have just made a word of being an entrepreneur or has been in my blood. It is literally in my system. And so that whole time of working in AT&T, I was always looking for a way out, right? Mm. Always looking for what is going to be that next thing that can possibly get me out. And then, you know, long story short, um, I had started my first, what I would call real business. Uh, it was a commercial cleaning franchise. Right. And within three months of getting the franchise, I was doing six figures. Wow. And when I, and because I knew how to get, I knew how to get accounts. I spoke the language for everybody that was working for me. Um, I had great customer service skills and because, um, I had been hustling for so long, I kind of knew how to do business, but I didn't know how to manage business. Right. Within that first three months, I, I went to my, uh, my then wife and said, y'all, it's a wrap. I'm out. And she was like, what you talking about? I'm out. I'm, I'm leaving AT&T. We're going to go ahead and ride off this. And, um, she kept telling me, don't do it. Don't do it. And then within a week after me telling her, I landed an account. I had every Starbucks in New York and New Jersey, 71 stores, huge account, huge account. Um, And so I left and I struggled when I left. But even in the struggle, even after selling that business, I still went out and found another business. I never went back to a job. Wow. Wow. So you, you've got this entrepreneurial streak. You, you know how to build business, you, but I see you online and you've got some other things that that's happening as well. Coaching and, and public speaking that you're doing. What's the main way that you really help people? Um, I help people figure out what it is that they're looking to do and I help them get there. And now the difference with me is I tell people we're going to do this from the inside out. Because Mm -hmm. nothing comes to you until something comes from you. And so people look at everything that I'm doing now and they don't realize that before I got any level of success that I have right now, it is because I stopped drinking because I was an alcoholic. It is Mm -hmm. because I I developed my MCI. MCI is a moral character and integrity, right? And and one of the biggest things I had to do was I I had to stop hustling. There's a difference wow. between hustling and doing business. Right? Wow. And most people do money. They don't do business. And so I had to learn that. And so when I started taking care of myself from the inside, 
and getting my personal life together, that was when everything started to fall in line. And so wow. when I've worked with people, I help people understand. Matter of fact, I'll give you a great example. Somebody just came to me the other day and they want me to work with them one-on-one. Um, and I'm pretty expensive in the one-on-one area because of the time. And, right. you know, they were telling me they want to do this. They were saying, coach, I want to do this. I want to do that. And I was like, I really don't care what you say you want to do. I'm going to work with you from the inside out. If your personal life is a mess, everything else is going to be a mess because I mm. work with millionaires. I work with yeah. millionaires and millionaire clients. And one of the things we work on is inside work. I like to call it the heart work. Wow. Wow. So one of the things that you do is you're a speaker and you talk about having stories and, and people having a signature story. Mm-hmm. Why do I need a signature story? So here's the misconception with that. When people hear me say that, um, a lot of people come to me and they say, coach, I need you to help me to develop my signature story. And I said, what I'll do is I'll help you to create a model and teach you how to develop your story. Your signature story is going to change depending on where you are in your life and the audience that's in front of you. Right. So, so, um, it's based on this thing I call ULEs, unique life experiences. Right. And so you first come up with your top seven, I'm sorry, your top five ULEs, right. Based on unique life experiences. And as you come up with those, we wrap stories around them, real life stories, because it's in that story that you action that actually gives you the credibility, right? right? So you can't go stand in front of people and speak with power and authenticity and the stories that you're telling are not real. Right. People, they can sense that. So people ask me all the time, man, I just want to be as powerful and speak as powerful. That's because I'm raw. And I'll right. tell you everything about my life, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm-hmm. And I can say it with power because here's the thing. Nobody cares about what you've been through until you can tell them how you've come through. Right, right. And that's, That's the key in the signature story. So you want to take those five ULEs and you develop and wrap stories around them. Now, if you do five and I teach people to practice that in 10 minute clips, you create 10 minutes for each ULE. That's 50 minutes. That's a keynote. Yeah. So you've got people that come to you asking you to help develop a signature story. But there are a lot of people that feel like, my goodness, the reason that I'm not speaking, the reason that I'm not any more, quote unquote, famous is because I just don't have a Nick Vujicic story. I don't have this traumatic, big, dramatic Hollywood story that I can tell. So how do you help people find a ULE when they don't feel like they have any unique experiences because what there's a series of questions that you have to ask yourself. And if you start thinking about your life, we've all gone through and come through different things. Your your story is no, no less um, important or as um, relevant as some, as Nick Boyajic's story. He just happened to be born with a built in story, right? But there are stories within the story. Most people have gone through hurt. And and here's the thing. Here's the crazy thing. I tell people, it doesn't have to be a story of pain and anguish. It can Mm. be a story of, I grew up with both my parents in the home. Yeah. And you tell that story. We We grew up blue collar. We grew up white collar. And these are the things. It can be an upbeat story. It doesn't have to be a downer. It can be an upbeat story of all the different things. But everybody has a life story to share. And you have to just be confident enough in your own life. And so one of the things I tell everybody that I work with, Robert, is stop looking at other people's stuff on social Mm. media. Wow. I literally have them go on a detox because what happens is when you start looking, you start comparing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And the question. And when you start comparing, you start to doubt. And if you don't have the confidence that you need to build up and be the best that you can be, 
you'll look at other people's stories, start doubting that yours is relevant, and then you won't do what you're supposed to do with your life and impact the lives that you're supposed to impact. Communication, motivation, leadership, and more. You're listening to the RK3 Show. Hey, is this you? Are you leaving me a voicemail? What? You haven't left me a voicemail yet? Well, head on over to robertkennedy3.com forward slash voicemail. Let's get some convo happening. I would love to hear from you. And now, back to the show. So one of the things that people come to me about, and I, and I want to hear your take on this as well, is as a speaker, you've got the story and you've now got to hold the attention of an audience for one two, three hours. Tony Robbins has these events where he's speaking for 11, 12 hours and just holding people's attention. But we live in a world where you just mentioned social media, man, 10 seconds, 30 seconds. We don't feel people are gone. And we, unless it's something viral, we're not holding their attention. How do you advise people on holding an audience's attention? So if you have an audience that is directly in front of you, we're not talking about social media, you need to dig deep into your own personal, authentic, organic self. So Mm -hmm. for me personally, when I go and I do a gig, people don't even notice about me. Somebody asked me yesterday, tell us one fun fact. And I said, I'm really humorous. I like, I'm funny. Um, (laughs) Low key, I'm funny. Like some of the videos that my people drop, you know, they have me this raw guy, but I'm actually really funny. And so what I do is, I, 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 I go in and out of my stories, but based on the audience that's in front of me, I'm using humor within the stories. Right. And, and that is one way to hold their attention. So you don't stand up and just start telling stories. You have to connect with the audience. Yeah. You know your story, which allows you to go in and out of it as you see fit. So I'll give you a really quick, quick example. You have a signature story, but within that story, there are sub stories. Yep. Say that, say that again. You have a signature story, and within that story, there are sub-stories. Example, I talked about um, millennials don't like to iron their clothes, right? right. And I, I had brought one uh, my videographer with me one time. He was a millennial at the time. And uh, we were in the hotel room. He just pulled the stuff out of the suitcase and got dressed. And I was like, you're not going you you to iron your clothes. Like, and I'm ironing my clothes. I said, you're not going to iron? He said, no, no, they're fine. I'm like, no, they're not fine. You need to iron clothes. And then I left that story and jumped into, like, let me share with you why my wife told me I couldn't leave out until I did the dishes. So each story will have sub stories connected to it. But you know, your signature story is what gives you the confidence to weave in and out. And you being able to hold an audience's attention is not only going to be from your story. It is going to be how well you connect with them. Yeah. So what is it that you, is there one practice that you have maybe before you go out to speak or before you do anything that really helps to create or drive confidence for you? Yeah, not at this point. So for me, matter of fact, I'll give you a a true example. Um, The contract with the Chicago Bears. And the first time I went to speak for them, I was nervous as all get out. I was, was, hands were sweaty, shaking, boom, boom, boom. And um, I had called up E, right? And, you know, he gave me some advice and I was like, all right, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. And um, when I got there, the first thing I did was I got the whiteboard. And I said, I I, I took took a, a marker and I started writing X's and O's in some crazy way. And they laughed at me and I was like, what, what's wrong with this? And I was like, that's crazy. And I was like, good. Like, that's not what I do. I don't do X's and O's. I don't do football. That's not why I'm here. I need you right. to open up your mind and we're going to connect on why I'm here. 
So that gave me confidence to say, these are football players, but I don't teach football. I know because I know my story, because I know who I am. I know that what I'm going to give you is I'm a guru and I'm great or I'm the expert at what I do. And that's what you have to and everyone has to know when you know your story, when you know who you are, your confidence is you are the guru at you and nobody can beat you being you. That's why you need to detox from watching everybody on social media because you'll end up you'll end up trying to be somebody else and you won't have that confidence. (laughs) That's excellent, man. So let's wrap with this question. You just mentioned the letter E and people kind of went by that, but I just wanted to share with her that he's talking about Eric Thomas, motivational speaker, one of the top motivational speakers in the world. Uh, So one of the things that I want to ask is when you are at a certain place, you, you don't get there by yourself. You, you are driven iron sharpens iron. You're driven by other people like yourself. What, for somebody who's just starting out, somebody who's newer, somebody who may not necessarily want to be a motivational speaker, but they just want to find their, uh, their next level, their greater success. How do they go about finding people that can drive them in that way? You know, like the Think and Grow Rich, Andrew Carnegie, Thomas Edison, Ford, all hanging out together. How, how do you find those people in your life? Yeah, people that are making moves respect people that are making moves. Yeah. So get out there and go make some moves. It's not that you have to generate all of the income. You need to be making moves. When I started working with CJ, who is the president of E's company, um, of the company that they have, um, when when I got on the phone with him the first time, the very first thing he said to me was, um, one of your guys is showing me your YouTube stuff. I was already working. I was already speaking. Yep. And it was because I, I already had a body of work. And so for anybody out there that's looking to get started and put yourself at the table, right, here's a a couple of things that you definitely need to do. Number one, get to work, right? Stop talking and just go get to work because you want to be able to have something. You want to be able to have some some skin in the game. The second thing is when you do get a seat at the table, shut your mouth, stop talking and listen. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If you're at the table, you're at the table to learn, not to speak. Right. So take advantage of that. And here's the third thing. Keep working. That's you it. Never you never stop. Because even though like last year, 2018, I was probably on the road with E 80 percent of the time mm-hmm. at every gig in and out of cities. But I was still building my own business. Right. I never stopped working. And that's the thing. When you're around people like that, there's one common trait. They work and not just from a, a business perspective in every area of their life. Family health, business, they work. And so you have to develop that work ethic because people that are making moves respect people that are making moves. That's awesome, man. Where can people connect with you online? Where do we, where's the main place that we go to find you hanging out? Yeah, I'm going to tell you, I love to say this when they ask me this, just Google me because, you know, Robert, there was a time when if I did say that a, uh, a mugshot would come up. And so now (laughs) my, my good deeds have outweighed my bad. So that mugshot is, is so far down in Google that you can go page after page after page and it's gone. So they can Google me, my first name and last name, just Google me. Everything comes up. You have a story to tell and it's time for you to execute. 
Don't let anything or anyone discourage you from creating the impact you were meant to have on this world. And it's time. It's time. It's time for you to do whatever it takes to be seen so your people can find you and grab onto their own version of success. Figure out your story and tell it. That's all, folks. Head over to the show notes to grab the links and the resources from this episode. Then go over go over to Apple Podcasts to leave a ranking, rating, and a review for the show. I hope you had fun today, and I hope you learned something. Most of all, I hope you were compelled to jump out of your comfort zone and share your story. Don't forget, everything that happens to you in life is your stuff. Your stuff is your story, and your story deserves a stage. I'm Robert Kennedy III, RK3, and you've been listening to... The RK3.